Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. Do you ever wish you had a magic wand to cure burnout? Don't we all? And aren't you sad reading the stats on burnout? Over 96% of us agree it's a problem. 56% of us will say it's our EMR. But we can all agree we have too many bureaucratic tasks. Physicians and practitioners did not sign up to be data entry technicians to time date stamp every little keystroke in our day. And with current research saying that one hour of clinical time equates to two hours in the EMR, we're in trouble. But there's hope. I firmly believe we are about to see a dawn of new healthcare with innovation, technology, and the ability to use scribe services. We're going to be able to make medicine fun again. So don't miss this interview. You're going to hear from Stephen Sika, who is the vice president of Scribe EMR. He works with medical providers and practices to help them with virtual scribe and virtual assistant services. With a vast amount of experience in various capacities at several healthcare organizations, Stephen is a leader in the industry, providing services that help providers recoup their personal time and remove administrative burdens, allowing them to focus on taking care of patients. Stephen's dedication to the healthcare industry extends beyond his work with Scribe EMR. He's an advocate for providers and patients alike, regularly collaborating with industry leaders to find solutions to the most pressing issues in healthcare. He has been featured guests on podcasts and webinars, sharing insights and expertise with others. Outside of work, Stephen is a proud father of two little girls, age six and four, and is married to an elementary school administrator. When he's not working or spending time with his family, he can often be found on the golf course or attending concerts. Listen up, whether you're already working with staff or virtual scribe services, you may want to take a listen to our conversation. We go over ways that you can optimize and efficiently onboard your new scribe. You can hear how virtual scribing is different with Scribe EMR and why he has a passion and a mission that is special and unique and gives a personal humanistic touch to virtual services, a much needed benefit to prevent burnout in our industry. So take a listen to Steven Sika. Welcome to the Catalyst Podcast. Today we're talking with Steven Sika, and I am so excited because we almost forgot to hit record. That's how great the pre-show <laughs> conversation was. It's all about the possibility of virtual scribes and how this is going to help burnout. So before I just start talking, you know, for the next hour, because we could easily fill up an hour on this. I just want to say thank you for taking time out of your schedule, Stephen. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. 
Oh my goodness. So tell us your story of how you got into this whole idea of virtual scribe service, which by the way, is going to help burnout immensely. Tell me a little bit about your background. Yeah, for sure. So, so again, my name is Steven Sika, uh, vice president of, uh, people ask vice president of what everything, marketing, sales, operations, everything over at scribe EMR. And, um, we are a provider of virtual scribe and virtual assistant services for medical providers of, of every specialty uh, across the country. And um, I've been in healthcare for, for some time now. I've, I've used to work with HIM directors and revenue cycle professionals, and I've kind of moved over to working with providers directly to help them. And, and as you know, um, you know, a lot of providers are experiencing burnout, burnout symptoms. And um, it's something that gets me out of bed every morning because I, I know what it's like for these providers to bring their laptop home, to be on their couch in their pajamas until 11 o'clock, you know, yes. doing the rest of their charting. So um, I help them, you know, and I, I help them with services and different solutions that help their practice become more efficient and really make them more efficient throughout the day. I love that. And what I love most is that you're embracing this mission and purpose, and it really feels good to all of us listening. In the burnout conferences I go to with Shanafelt and Maslock, which are the head researchers in burnout and healthcare, they cite every time the number one problem that people say is too many bureaucratic tasks, too sure. many, you know, paper charting, you know, faxes, shuffling, all these things that really weren't part of our dynamic 20 years ago, we could easily just yell down the hallway to a nurse and say, hey, can you just order a, a blood count on that patient in room five? And then she would get it done. And now we've got to time and date stamp every little thing. And so doctors and practitioners are just feeling kind of downtrodden because that's not why we went into this. And we're losing that face-to-face -face patient touch. And I love how your service is really unique. So tell us about, you work with you know anyone from orthopedic surgeons down to family practitioners, chiropractors, and you deliver this one-on-one -on -one experience, but virtually. So talk to me a little bit about how that goes. So the way we work is you know, we provide a real human being. So this isn't AI, this isn't technology. It's a super light lift for IT teams because we're, we're not asking them to install any new software. So what we do is we provide on a one-on-one -on -one basis, a dedicated scribe who is a real human being who will work at the right hand of the provider every day throughout their clinic. And they, rec I don't want to say the word record, easy for me to say, <laughs> because they, <laughs> they, they're going to document the encounter directly into the EMR system. So whatever Beautiful. that EMR system is, whether it's a cloud-based system, a server-based system, we can get all that set up so that the scribe and the provider will connect. The scribe is basically just a fly on the wall during the encounter. We don't use any video, so it's not intrusive on the patient, which is great for you know the patient's privacy and how comfortable they are. A lot of times the provider will introduce the scribe to the patient prior to the appointment so that they know that there is a scribe listening into the encounter only with audio. It's real simple. We will connect with the provider either through a laptop or a tablet connection. If it's a laptop, most laptop microphones kind of stink <laughs> to be fully transparent. Right. They're really not great. So there's this um, little $30 microphone. We don't sell it, but we recommend it. And Amazon ships it to the provider the next day, which is great. And it just clips to their laptop and it's an omnidirectional microphone. So they'll be able to hear or the scribe will be able to hear the provider and the patient seamlessly. And if it's an iPad or a tablet, 
usually that tablet is just placed somewhere between the patient and the provider so that, that the scribe can document that that encounter right into the EMR. And I love this. It's bold and it's also so useful. And I say bold because I think we're all getting tired of the idea that, uh-oh, you know, HIPAA compliance is a thing. Yes. And that's important for a reason. But we are so tired of having to ask permission and worry about all this legality. Patients just want help. And they also don't like seeing their provider burning out. I've, I've had patients tell me, and I'm a patient you know, in the system, we all are. And I've gone to appointments where I see the look of grimness in that practitioner's eyes. And I don't even see their eyes, but for 30 seconds, because they're always looking at the computer yep. and they're typing and they're not even paying attention to me. I had to remind a practitioner they had to listen to my lungs because they hadn't even like <laughs> thought about it. And, and it's just not their fault. And so, 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 you know what, and sorry, sorry to cut you off, but it, it kind of brings up a, a story that I have in terms of the, you mentioned, uh, you know, seeing your provider's eyes for 30 seconds. And, and if, in case she sees this, I, I loved my doctor. She just retired a couple of years ago, but the last four or five years of seeing her, I could have had an eyeball popping out of my face and she wouldn't have known it. Because, yeah. you know, again, the, the necessary evil of them, you know, providers having to deal with their own documentation, her head was down into her keyboard, into her laptop as I was kind of going over, you know, my symptoms and why I was coming in there. So I felt personally that the quality of care that I was receiving, and again, I loved my doctor. I loved her. I saw her forever. But with the advent of the EMR and, you know, EHR systems, it just she had to do it. So she was either going to do it right there and then, or she was going to take her work home with her and, and family mm -hmm. time was going to suffer. She wasn't going to have dinner with her family, see her kids. So she chose to do it right there and then. And I really don't blame her. But as a patient, I felt like my my quality of care suffered as a result. True. And it's an awkward cadence to sit there in silence while they're while they're typing or they're trying to click. And and it ruins, even though they're thinking and they've got their thoughts there, you're not hearing what they're thinking. You're sitting there wondering, okay, yeah. they're taking a long time. Am I dying? You right. know, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. But also from the practitioner side, it's just burdensome to sit there and know that at the end of the day, the average amount of minutes each hour you're seeing a patient is equated to two hours in the EMR. That is just audaciously bad. And so no wonder we have doctors retiring early or leaving or deciding this is not for me. And what I love about your solution is we've already been doing it in other industries. How many times have we gotten on a phone for a customer service that says, just so you know, this phone call may be monitored for quality assurance, right? Sure. We're used to that. We give our permission all the time you know, everybody is now monitoring with cameras everywhere. And yet for some reason in the exam room, I get it that this is a personal and private space, but also we are not using technology like we could. I mean, we need to embrace this, that this person is sitting there just listening. And I love that, by the way, I, I trained in a residency where we used a lot of tablets and video for translational purposes, et cetera. And that's necessary, but it changes the dynamic of the room when you know you have somebody watching or you have oh, a course. medical student there or you have a resident watching. It's a different energy and people want to talk to their practitioner. And what you're doing is removing all of that awkwardness. And you're saying, yep, somebody's listening, but they're honestly just listening to type in words and to make your practitioner happier. And how awesome is that? It's great. And, and actually, just to share a, a personal story, something that, that I experienced recently. So first of all, we find that the patients are very open to this. The practice doesn't have to do anything special to you know have the patient sign off on anything. But what we recommend is 
putting up a placard on the exam room door or even inside the exam room to let the patient know that there is a virtual scribe being used. And we're not trying to hide anything. Services like this are becoming more and more commonplace. So we rarely hear that, you know, a patient had a problem. And, and if a patient has a problem with it, the provider can just disconnect for that appointment. Absolutely. Just, and just the shut Zoom off or exactly. shut Microsoft Teams off for, the, for that. Yeah, you, you could absolutely have options and the provider yep. can choose that, right? I mean, that yep. happens all the time. And what I can see, I can just envision this branded little placard saying, your practitioner is extra happy because yeah. they're using <laughs> virtual scribe, right? It's, it's true. Yeah, It's true. You, this is what we want. It's not necessarily documenting. I think we, we shift the focus less on let's document everything so it can stand up in a court of law to let's make practitioners happy and want to stay being a doctor for yeah, it's given them their time 30 back. years you yes. know, time is the most pr precious commodity that we have so you know as you mentioned for every one hour they're seeing patients they're spending two hours documenting those encounters it's crazy it's crazy but they have to do it because you know from a provider standpoint they have their their practice administrators their executives kind of breathing down their neck saying hey you know, we need to be reimbursed on these appointments. We need to get these charts completed. And there's so many providers out there with such an enormous backlog of, oh, of yeah. charts. And I live and with one of them. My husband, he's he's <laughs> a lovely, lovely family practice doctor. He patients love him, but he is never learned how to type. Yeah. Um, and even though he's templated as much as he can, he still every night is sitting with his laptop. And now yeah. that the hospital has crunched down and said, we don't have 30 days anymore to finish your charts, you have seven. And he's in panic mode all the time because he's yeah. trying to finish and that just breaks my heart you know because this is not what we went into medicine for so you're not only improving efficacy and accuracy you're helping practitioners you know be better you're saving them time you're helping them take care of themselves and i can't really imagine a place where you couldn't use a scribe so talk to me about all the different specialties that you have been in we work with literally everything and and by by everything i mean obviously your your family care practitioners are are our bread and butter we probably service them more than than any other specialty but everything you know dermatology chiropractors dentists even and actually some of our scribes are former providers that have chosen to just not practice anymore for one reason or another some of Ooh. them are former pharmacists and dentists that a lot of them since covid were were nurses prior to the pandemic and have decided to stay home and not return to the hospital or clinic. And now they work for us, you know, and they make fabulous scribes. They're great. We serve every specialty under the sun. And the way that we go about doing that is we will only provide, uh, and again, it's a one-on-one -on -one relationship. So it's a dedicated scribe. And again, not to, you know, be fully indulgent with, with my company, but organizations that are out there, and I, I, I can't speak for them, but what we do is we provide a dedicated scribe that is experienced in that particular specialty. So if you're a dermatologist and you're looking for some help with your notes, we will provide that dermatologist with a scribe that has experience in dermatology so that they know the language, the terminology, the medications. So the practice doesn't need to teach them how, wow. you know, what dermatology is and what medications go along with that. But what does happen is over the first couple of weeks, you know, that scribe will get integrated with the provider. They will shadow the provider for a few days to kind of get a sense for their templates and their preferences and things like that. And then by the end of that first week, they're, they're charting 100% of appointments. And again, just to kind of set everybody's expectations in, in your audience, it does take a couple of weeks to really oh, sure. get things going. It's not a you know, a retail product where you open it up and you immediately begin no. 
you know, hey, this is great. It will be great, but it does take some buy-in from the provider. And, you know, I'm fully transparent about the fact that this isn't for everybody. It's not mm -hmm. for every provider. There are a lot of practice administrators that come to me and say, hey, you know what? You know, I have this one provider, you, you know, they're, they're a little bit on the older side. They're not very tech savvy. They can't type. They don't want a scribe. They, they want to do everything on their own, but we really need to get them a scribe. Well, okay, you know, it sounds like they could use the service, but if they don't have right. any level of buy-in to this, that somebody else is going to be helping them do some of this work, it's not going to work, you know, because they're just going to be apprehensive about the whole service. And yep. then eventually they're going to say, nah, you know what? Not for me. Let's do this with somebody else. So to add on to that, the way that we go about getting those providers into the service eventually is I will always recommend to start off with a couple of providers that want to embrace a service like this. They don't want to spend time on their couch at night in their pajamas charting just to meet those goals of a seven day close or a, you know, 30 mm -hmm. days or, or whatever it might be. So get that provider involved first. Let the other provider that the older, you know, non-tech savvy, apprehensive provider, let them see from the outside in what this is doing for that other provider and let them see that provider go home at five o'clock every day without their laptop and just see how they how they are around the office. So, it's kind of a, a like a backdoor approach to getting those providers involved, but again, it's not for everybody right off the bat, but That um, makes sense. Yeah, you do need that to have a, a level of buy-in. Yes, and and you know, this I see as a unique advantage, an unfair advantage over other AI systems right now. I'm not going to name any, but yeah. like when you deal with AI, AI is great, we love it, but it's AI. And what you're giving is a human touch to this experience. And yes, you can install big, fancy AI, you know, speech to, to text capturing systems. But, but really, when you have this one-on-one -on -one relationship and somebody understands that industry's vocabulary and starts to learn the patterns, because we all have patterns as providers, we do things the same. This is a win-win situation. With the caveat, in my experience, mentoring hundreds of practitioners and how to build their work-life masterpiece and, and create their, their practice of their dreams, the biggest mistake I see is unfair expectations. Like you said, they, they sure. think that, that they're just going to start a new service and it will immediately be absolutely what they needed to, to solve that pain point, to solve that hemorrhage of time and, and attention. And I always encourage explicit communication. And that goes with anybody you're working with. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking about looking into Virtual Scribe, I would encourage you to start looking at your patterns first and start identifying, oh, I do have these same dot phrases I use, or these are the kind of, you know, 20% that give the 80% results. Like these are kind of my, my go-to protocols or my go-to things and start making a list of those. So you can start pre-educating your future scribe and you can say, yep, this is sort of the pattern that I see in myself. And it helps them understand, okay, let me help work with you and, and help optimize that. Because the more explicit you are in your communication and you're setting those examples of, I do want this to work and here's how I envision this can, can work, it will be a win-win. It just takes some time to get used to these new technologies. Oh, of course. And, and one of the benefits of outsourcing this to a third party, and again, regardless of the company, so outsourcing something like this is... It, it becoming more and more common commonplace now one because of the current labor market you know practices just can't seem to find you know forget about quality individuals but but anybody right now to to come in and work there for whatever reason things just kind of got a little crazy after covid so what we do and you know i say that it, it's not an immediate 
you know, not immediate gratification, but I think a lot of um a lot of practices need to realize that, you know, companies like ours, we we train our scribes for 3 months prior to them going live for a provider. So, you know, outsourcing this kind of thing as opposed to having an MA do this, which again, an MA is more valuable doing things in person that can only be done by that human that is there in the office. Things that we can't do. We can't run patients. We can't take vitals. So we can't do everything. But, you know, these scribes are being trained for three months prior to going live. So we save a whole bunch of time for the practice with hiring, training, you know, they don't have to pay benefits and, you know, they're not drinking your coffee and things like that. So again, without, you know, getting this into a sales pitch or anything like that, and I'm trying to make this more of a broad overview, regardless of the company that you go to, these scribes should come to you trained and ready to go. So the thing that we do a little bit differently is once we have a provider sign on for the service, it does take a few weeks for us to get things going. And as much as a lot of providers say, you know, I'll ask them, I'll say, is this something that you want to do this year, you know, in a few months? And and more often than not, these days, they say, well, uh, if we could start yesterday, that would be great. And Ruth. while it sounds nice, it does take a little while to get them even more properly trained for that specific provider. So once we identify that, you know, okay, this dermatologist needs a scribe, this scribe here is experienced in dermatology. Now keep in mind, the scribe has already been working for our company for, for two and a half to three months at this point in time. We then identify the perfect scribe for the provider. We let the provider speak with the scribe if they'd like to, so they can sort of interview without having to do the hiring. They don't have to put job posts on Indeed or Monster. I don't know if Monster is still a thing, probably not. Uh, <laughs> dating myself here a little bit, but they can talk to the scribe and say, hey, you know what? You know, this is somebody that I feel will do good work for us, or I don't feel like this is somebody that will do good work for us. So you know this person going into it. So we like to think that we hit a home run more often than not, but yeah. every now and then maybe it's a bad fit. Maybe there's a personality conflict sure. or something like that. So we want to give the practice and the providers the opportunity to speak with the scribe prior to going live. Once we know the scribe that we're going to put to work for the provider, that's when we can start to give them training on practice specific items. We can train them on the, the EMR system. Maybe they don't have experience on some of these niche kind of EMRs that are out there. Right. We can then train them on that. We can show them some de-identified notes. If the provider likes their notes, if they don't like their notes, don't send us your de-identified notes. We can just kind of recreate them. But then, you know, so so day one, even though they're not going to be charting on day one, they will know, you know, they know the specialty. They kind of have a good idea for what the provider is looking for. So once they shadow that provider for a few days, things really start to click and the light bulb goes off and it says, you know, OK, we can. Yes, I, I do love this because, you know, you're putting that personal touch, but it's so much more. It's like hidden secret surprises in just a scribe. So after a while, it does become this extension of the practice where they, they understand totally. the practitioner. They can almost anticipate, oh, I know what three supplements and prescriptions they might do, but they'll, you yeah. know, they'll be in the sidelines waiting. They'll have it queued up and it only gets faster and faster. And this is the problem. And I wish our, our listeners could see my hands here, but we start off when we make a decision. 
And we expect linear growth. We expect, okay, it's going to be a linear one-to-one. It's going to be great. There is going to be a dip where you feel less productive at first. You feel like it was a mistake. You feel like anytime you adopt something, it's going to be clunky because you're you're making new neural pathways. You're learning new habits. You're learning new ways of doing things. And that's where we give up. Most practitioners, because we're pretty high achievers and we're perfectionists, we want results right away. And this is where I, I explain, have that patience. Have those metrics in place that you're going to give something a trial. You're going to give it a 30-day trial, a 60-day, whatever. Have those metrics in place that you explicitly explain to your scribe or your whoever you've hired so that you're on the same page. Hey, I'm expecting that I could be this efficient by this day, or I'm going to make my schedule go 50% for this week so I can allow extra time to learn this. You know, This is the thing. We have such high expectations without preparing ourselves that you're going to inevitably have a little bit of a rocky start, but you've got the support place. You've got the team that's going to be giving you feedback. You're able to work with that person and get yourself ready to go. So what would you say would be the average time it takes for people to go, oh my gosh, green light. I love it. I don't take it away from me. Three to four weeks. It's it's amazing. Three to four weeks is the point where the the scribe is now proficient. Amazing. That's really, truly amazing. That's life-changing. Most people, sure. as they they are already talking to me and I'm, I'm mentoring them, they're already burning out. They're they're worried. They're I can't do it. I have possibly no time to to adopt a new new technique. It worries me. And if you're listening and it's one of you, I would ask yourself, well, if you have no time now, what's it going to be like in a month or in two months? You're still not going to have time. So right. m- make the time now to try something new and see how much better you could feel for the money you save. And you know, it may feel like, you know, I've got to add something to my overhead, but guess what? You're actually adding time. You're paying for time that you can have outside the office, that you can go home early, that you don't have to worry, and documentation's done. And to me, that's the best gift. I mean, I one of my top values is time and attention. I mean, I am obsessed with my calendar, obsessed with everything, because I want my attention to be fully 100% in whatever I'm doing. And I think that's the gift you're giving these practitioners is the time to be able to spend on their own and how they like it. Well, yeah, I mean, it, those are the conversations that we have. So so I I speak with everybody. I, I speak with the, uh, the providers themselves, the office managers, the, the CFOs, the CEOs, and, and everybody wants something different. You know, not everybody has the same priority. The provider mm-hmm. just wants somebody to just do this for them. You know, yes. get do these notes for me, please. Just do yes. it. The CFOs of the world, they just want re- reimbursement. They just mm-hmm. want to they just want to be reimbursed on on these on these visits. The CEOs are looking at, after everything. They're looking after the well-being of the providers. They want the revenue to flow in. They just want the practice to run more efficiently. And then somewhere in the middle you have your practice admins and office managers, you know, sort of the intermediary between the executives. Hey, how come this provider is behind on his on his charts, his or her, her charts? I just did the chats thing. That's the Boston coming out. Chats. I love it. I try not to say that. That's the one thing that always gets me is chats. It's uh, awesome. <laughs> it's okay. Wisconsin and Boston, they go fine. Yeah, exactly. We get your weather the next the next day, right, 24 right. hours. It just kind of comes across the, the country. But yeah, so the, the practice admins are usually right in the middle hearing that, you know, the providers don't have the time. They can't close out the charts. The CFO is saying, hey, we got to go close these charts yep. out. So, but but going back to the time, you know, that's really what it comes down to for the providers. You know, they're not living in the same shoes as the CFO who's right. just looking out for the finances of the practice. But, you know, and again, without at risk of sounding like I'm selling too hard here, you know, this is one solution that kind of does multiple things for multiple different 
titles within an organization. So yes, we are going to give that provider a lot of their time back. And also, yes, we're going to help that CFO realize reimbursement on these visits faster. So most of the charts are closed that same day. 90% of the chart is complete by the time the patient leaves the exam room. The only thing that needs to be done at that point is the provider to, and it does need to be them that goes in, that reviews the chart and yes. signs off. We queue up all medications and wow. kind of labs or imaging. So everything's right there in the EMR. So all the provider needs to do is go into the EMR. That's the note. Maybe they didn't verbalize something during the appointment. Sure. Maybe they, you know, somebody's or it was in mumbled and, or yeah, and they got exactly. it correct. So, and, yeah. and that's where the human aspect of it comes in because the scribe will just ask the provider after the patient leaves the exam room and say, you know, Dr. Smith, was that the left or right shoulder? that you were perfect because we're not there. We don't, we don't see that it was the right shoulder. Right. Um, but see this, I hate to interrupt you. Now it's my sure. turn to interrupt yeah, you, but course. this is where I think it's better than AI because AI wouldn't catch that, or at least not the versions we're working with now. They would just document what they hear. And like, what you're doing is you're putting that human to it going, wait, you were saying that you were examining the left shoulder, but then you later said right shoulder, which one is it? And it gives that ability to go, oh my gosh, I just said the wrong thing. Thank you for noticing that. You know, it was the left shoulder, you know? Yeah, and yeah, it makes a big difference. Yeah, huge difference. So I just, I love this. This is, so where can people find you on Scribe? So so we're online at, at scribeemr.com. We make it really easy for practices to get involved, you know, so we don't, we don't make this seem like a huge leap of faith, which it could seem that way. So, sure. you know, we don't have any kind of long-term contracts or anything like that. So providers are welcome to get involved again, without that feeling that this is some kind of huge, you know, leap of faith, they can try it out for as little or as long as they want with, you know, the caveat, knowing that it does take a little bit of buy-in and a little bit of cooperation to work with the scribe to get them up and running because just like any new employee that's working anywhere it takes yes. a little time for them to get up and running but yeah we're we're online at scribeemr.com you know we offer free free demos to kind of show the practice the workflow and what it looks like and yeah we're we've just gotten super busy especially after covid so oh i um, love the, that yeah it's it's been it, you know we went from that company that had this and we were the first ones to do it. So, and we we didn't chat about this, but our story, without getting too, you know, again, self-indulgent on, on the company, we started as a transcription, you know, a transcription and dictation company back in the 90s. We were known as Focus Informatics way back when. And we sold our software to a little company called Nuance in 2006. And they took our software and they turned that into what's known now as Dragon Medical. So we took the money from that acquisition. It was about $60 million, which would probably be worth a lot more now. Although I'll take my, you know, I'll take a share of 60 million. That, that wouldn't be too bad. But yeah, we turned our company into this virtual scribing company. So, you know, we were looked at as, you know, kind of a crazy concept. Why would anybody want that? I can just have this, you know, the MA do it or have a scribe in person do it. Then COVID hit. And then everybody was changing the way that they operated. They could, you know, no longer could they have that person in the exam room. Literally, they couldn't have literal bodies in the exam room anymore. So a lot of those practices that came to us on, you know, what was supposed to be a temporary basis uh, wow. stuck with us because they really liked the, you know, the privacy aspect and yes. you know, the patients really liked it too. Yes. And, and healthcare is changing and we need to get with it, you know, and we need to allow that privacy, but that human 
humanness that is missing in a lot of the the platforms. So thank you for being a catalyst in changing healthcare and innovating the future, which hopefully will benefit both patients and providers. And like all my listeners know, we like to color outside the lines or think outside the box. So I like to ask each person I interview a little bit about what they do to play with their own right brain and how do you practice creativity and what is your thing that lights you up? That's a good question. So, so I'm a, I'm a dad, so I'm married. I get two little kids. So anytime anybody asks me, what do I do? I don't do anything. <laughs> I, I have kids actually, my, um, my five-year-old just turned six today. Today is her birthday and I have a three-year-old and she'll be turning four next week on, on the 29th. So, um, lots of birthday parties and things like that. Just thinking about my kids. And I, actually I, I, I wrote a, um, a, a social media post recently, something that kind of yeah, a story that I'll tell clients and, um, you know, a true story. My three-year-old Emmy, we call her Dr. Emmy all the time. And we made her a little lab coat that says Dr. Emmy on it because she, she loves to play doctor. And so she'll put on her lab coat. She'll check our hearts with her toy stethoscope. And she'll, she always gives shots. She loves to give people shots and put band-aids on her teddy bears and things like that. And all our family members. But one thing that we never see her do, and again, not to get too, you know, into the, you know, the, the, this aspect, but she never plays with her play electronic medical record system. She's never there saying, oh, hey, I just gave, uh, you know, this shot and I just gave this <laughs> dose here and I want to follow up here and we're going to reschedule that. And there's none of that. So, you right. know, like yourself, like most providers, when they grow up and they dream of becoming a doctor, becoming a medical provider. They don't think of all this other stuff. This just isn't part of the dream. So, you know, we kind of take that away, but, or take that burden away from the providers. But yeah, in terms Aww. of things that I, I personally, I, I love my kids. I love spending time with them, you know, in the back of my mind somewhere, I'm trying to think of, you know, things I could do for my, my six-year-old to make today a special day for her. Um, That's beautiful. That's very yeah. good. It's like super creative <laughs> and kids, kids do bring that out in us because every kid, if you were to ask them a room full of kindergartners, like how many of you are artists or dancers, you'd get like hundred percent raise their hand, you know, because yeah. they, they love creativity. They have no trouble giving themselves permission to just play. And I love that. That's bringing that out and way to come full circle. I love the loop of, of the doctor talk. Cause it's true. <laughs> I mean, when I yeah. was playing doctor, I never thought about typing on a computer, you know, no. it was just putting my stethoscope to the fuzzy chest and of a teddy bear. You? Yeah, Why right. Exactly. You know? Well, thank you for making the world a better place and making medicine fun again. And it's been a pleasure to chat with you. So for all our listeners out there, please check out virtual scribing. It's amazing. Scribeemr.com. Thank you, Stephen Sika. And everyone keep coloring outside the lines. Thank you. I appreciate it. Don't you wish life was easy? I love checklists. So if you're a functional or holistic practitioner and you're going out on your own, or maybe you've already had an independent clinic and you feel that you could benefit from some flow channeling and anti-burnout practices, well, let me share my checklist. I have a 10-page checklist that can help you catalyze your next steps in your business so you can learn where to diminish your bloat and your overhead, how you can streamline. And if you want to grow and scale, or if you like to keep it nice and cozy and impactful, it doesn't matter. If you're looking for a transformative experience to help you learn where to go next, head to drlarasalier.com forward slash links and download my functional micro practice checklist divided up into three different categories to see where you need to focus on next.
Thanks again for listening to the Catalyst Podcast. Please subscribe or share this episode with a colleague or friend. We can all benefit from coloring outside the lines. And if you would like to have a mini mentorship delivered right to your box once a month, I put the cream of the crop, my best things in the premium subscription box delivery service. Yep. The first digital delivery service for functional and integrative practitioners. It has everything you need. In your first welcome box, you will get immediate access to over 63 editable, customizable infographics in Canva. They were made specifically to help streamline your explanations with patients, explain functional medicine, and give a holistic and colorful touch to your exam rooms. You can also use them in digital formats, such as PowerPoints or social media. You also get a complimentary mentoring session with me and a free copy of my memoir. Each month, you get a new delivery into your inbox, more information, a brand new infographic, vaulted masterclasses from inside my Catalyst Studio mentorship, and SOPs, templates, and other tools that help you streamline and amplify your impact in your own way. We all deserve a work-life masterpiece. So join the premium subscription box delivery service today. There's no contract, cancel anytime. It is like a mini mentorship delivered right to your inbox. Head to drlarasalier.com forward slash links.